WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Should the Pirates retire the number 22 worn by Andrew McCutcheon? I say yes. Kutch was the face of a franchise that had ups and downs during his time, but ultimately enjoyed a brief period of semi-success. And that's all Pirate fans could ever hope for. A brief period of semi-success. Kutch played in Pittsburgh nine years. He had 203 home runs, a 293 batting average, OBP of 379, and one most valuable player award. But... If you're going to retire number 22, you better retire the number 24 worn here in Pittsburgh by Barry Lamar Bonds. Barry was in Pittsburgh nine seasons. Excuse me, seven seasons. He had 176 home runs, a 275 batting average, OBP of 380, and he won two most valuable player awards. Not one, but two. And you might say Barry sucked in the playoffs, but he had a home run and three RBIs for the Bucs in the postseason. Kutch had zero and zero. If you're just going to honor guys you liked and ignore the guys you didn't, no matter how good they were, well, actually, that's what all the Halls of Fame do. It's like picking who should be on the cover of Tiger Beat. If you're going to honor Kutch, fine. You should also honor... Barry Lamar Bonds. Second game brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Now, now here's the stuff I have to deal with on Twitter. Somebody who calls himself scent of government mule. Maybe he smelled Warren Haynes' taint at some point. Uh, tweets regarding the Pirates uh, ditching Colin Kutch. Wouldn't you say the same about the tanking by the Pens for Mario and then the 2000s before they got Gino and Sid? Uh, no, I would not scent of government mule because look what happened after. The Penguins went all the way with Mario. They've gone all the way with Sid and Gino. And you know what? After Sid and Gino, they may well recede and then build back up through hopefully getting the next Mario or the next Sid or the next Gino or the next whoever. But when the window opened, they took full advantage and spent to the cap. They spend to the cap now. So, no, it's not at all the same because all the Pirates did was draft prospects, develop them, and then trade them to draft more prospects or develop more prospects acquired from other teams. There's never a payoff the way they do it. With the Penguins, I think you'd have to admit there's been a payoff. As all those sold-out games would indicate, and wait till you see how empty PNC Park is going to be next year. Some jamoke uh, was taunting me on Twitter today. It turns out I'm fat and ugly. Wow. The pain that this guy caused me, I may not be into work tomorrow. I may be swinging from a rope here in the studio by the time the 5 o'clock hour rolls around. 
But, uh, you know, he had a picture of him and his girlfriend as his avatar, and they're standing at PNC Park because, you know, everybody thinks their girlfriend's a dish. And uh, I tweet back to him. I go, next year, that park is going to be so empty, you'll be able to nail your girlfriend on top of the dugout. And you know what? I bet she'll be grateful for anything besides missionary in 15 seconds. Tell you what, baby, if you're listening, how'd you like to come by and visit a real man? I was watching Rocky Three just last night. Mr. T, hey, woman, hey, woman. I mean, all I'm going to do is lie on my bat and back cleanup, but, you know, at least you'd be with a celebrity. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to uh, Jim in Newport, Virginia. Jim, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M. Uh, first time caller. Just wanted to comment uh, to all the gingers out there. Uh, Pirates has been done for a long time. I agree with you 100%. I've, uh, I've moved out of the Pittsburgh area now for 20 years, and they are the laughing stock of the United States. Oh, I don't know if they're the laughing stock of the United States. I don't know that anybody thinks about the Pirates enough to consider them the laughing stock of the United States. But my point about all this is, if you didn't see this coming, when they won 98 games in 2015 and they immediately dismantled the team instead of building on it, then you're a dope. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I mean, I mean let, let, let's review. After 2015, they got rid of Walker, Alvarez, and Happ. Ramirez and Burnett retired. Then before the next trade deadline, they got rid of Melanson and Liriano, even though they were still in contention for a wild card. They won 98 games in 2015 and immediately dismantled the team. And some of you, and you know who you are, it's almost all of you, some of you were dumb enough to buy into it. You were saying, oh, John Neese, he's a... Ground ball pitcher, he'll be fine at PNC. Or was he a fly ball pitcher? I forget. He just sucked is all I really remember. And, and then, you know, oh, Vogel song, Vogie, he'll come back. His wife's hot. Actually, I said that part about his wife being hot. You bought in to being made a fool of. I mean, they, they got rid of seven significant guys. Two retired. You can't help it. That, but got rid of five significant guys in the wake of a 98-win season, and y'all were too dumb to figure out what was going on. So now, with the Cole and McCutcheon trades, Harrison to go next, you're getting it shoved up your rectum, and you deserve it because you were so stupid to not get what was going on when it started. Rectum? I nearly killed the franchise. What the? Let's go to Will in Tampa. Will, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, thank you for taking my call. Right. Um, the reason why I was calling in is uh, Steelers' angst. Um, if the defensive, if there aren't changes on defense, we're going to have the same exact result last year. They need to get rid of Cornell Lake and Joey Porter. I'm getting tired of Tomlin hiring all his buddies. There's so much nepotism down on the south side. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm not sure Carnell Lake's his buddy. I mean, maybe he is, but there's not a direct previous connection there, like with Joey and with Wines Hard. But... Uh, but uh, I, you know, I think there needs to be change, and I would not fire Tomlin. But but yeah, you know what? I'd definitely fire Joey Porter. And if the defensive backs didn't make the progress you think they should have, then you fire Carnell Lake too. 
but, but let me tell you what I think is going to happen. Let me tell you what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to fire Haley. And actually, it wouldn't technically be firing because his contract's up. So they're not going to bring Haley back. And that'll placate the fans because they hate Haley. But they're going to bring everybody else back. Like, I were to call him coming out for the trip. Maybe it's posted already. Uh, echoing my feelings in the last couple of days. And by might I add, in the same column, I invoke Breaking Bad and that 70s show. Find me somebody else who can do that. What a wordsmith I am, especially in my old age. But uh, I said how I would get rid of Mitchell, Bince, and uh, Joey Porter. But I also said they probably won't get rid of anybody, and it'll be same as it ever was, because the one problem, and I've said this dating back to my days at 1250, the Steelers' biggest problem traditionally is they don't recognize when they have a problem. Let's go to uh, Byron in the car. Byron, what up? Hey, King. Yes, you know, as far as the Pirates go, you know, I tried to talk to relatives and friends years and years ago, and and, and try to point out what suckers they were for going to the games and, and how they were ruining baseball because they were feeding they were feeding this money into this into this franchise that wasn't going to give us anything. Well, now you see, so I don't did... blame the people who go because you know, oh. like for me, it's a fun night out in the Cambria Club, and other people just like going to a ballpark. I blame the people who got emotionally invested because if, if if you couldn't see what was going on and you still got emotionally invested, then you're a dope. Well, Mark, tell me, how could we have stopped this from happening? If, you if, can't. You, there, that's one thing I've said again and again. There is no way to stop it from happening. Nothing is not going to sell the team. He's not going to try to win. He doesn't care what you think. He bought this team and figured out how to make the most money. And, and you know, when I say attendance is going to drop by another half mil, it might not. Okay, uh, I don't know. There are X amount of hardcores who buy into the Pirates and night at the ballpark, no, no matter what. Don't forget, this is a team that had 20 years of losing baseball, and the attendance never sank to cataclysmic levels. Bad, yes, but never just, you know, my God, what's going on? we got to move this team now. And I'm not sure it's going to sink to that level, at least immediately, uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, you, you know what would be great? Here's what I'm rooting for, Brock. Thank you for the call. I'm rooting for the Pirates to like win eight of their first ten next year, because then you'd all be suckers till July. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. We got Trey, Jack, and Matt on hold. Trey's a cool name. I wish I was a Trey. Um, Jack, not so much. Matt, no way. Four one two three 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 WXDX is the number to call. We have Stan Saverin at the bottom of the hour. I'm Mark Madden. One zero five nine. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. You got to be a big timer to get on this show. Double M, huge fan. Raise the Jolly Rancher. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. We got uh, Stan Sauer at the bottom of the hour. We got Steeler angst. We got Pirate angst. We got every kind of angst a Pittsburgh sports fan could bargain for. Well, except Penguin angst because they're doing pretty good. I wrote a story for the Penguins website about their power play. 
Right now, the power play is converting at a higher percentage than any power play in Penguins history. Over 26%. They're over 28% on the road, where usually the figure would dip. Kessel leads the league in power play points. Crosby and Malkin are right behind him. One for the power play, Penguins would be in a lot of trouble. But there's plenty of time to talk hockey. Now it's time to bury the Steelers, and for that matter, bury the Pirates, because they're dead for 2018 already, and here it is only January 16th. Let's go to Kevin and Robinson. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Super G, how you doing? What up? Hey, I know that uh, Major League has stepped in and you know forced owners either to sell teams or do stuff. Um, I know that won't happen, but what does it take for us to be competitive before you know Major League actually steps in? I know they've been forced like this. Why don't we call Bob Nutting's mommy and tell peop- tell her that that he's being mean to us? Well, don't you have to be competitive after a certain amount of years or something like that? Or no, like, you don't. There's no way out. You're screwed, bro. So unless he does something stupid, we can't get him to sell the team. Hmm. You see, it amazes me that you people can't understand this. He's going to keep the team forever because it's a cash cow. Major League Baseball will not step in. Milwaukee, they just couldn't make the payroll, so they had to sell the team? Is that what it was? What? Milwaukee. Milwaukee back in the day, they couldn't make it, so they ended up... Well, that is not going to miss payroll. Bro, Bro, you're grasping at straws and sounding stupid doing it. Bob Nutting no. is the team owner. Oh, you can say, eh, or whatever whatever you want, but there's no way to solve this. They're going to suck. How old are you? Oh, I've been. I've seen them play How old are you? in the 90s. And How old are 50. you? 50. Okay, you will die before they're good again. Oh, I agree there. I agree totally there. I just, You're going to you die know, before for... they're good again. Yeah. You're going to die before they're good again. So am I. I just think it's funny. Let's go to Trey on the south side. Trey, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Trey hung up. Let's go to Matt in Murraysville. Matt, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I got a lot of friends that, you know, bought into all this pirate type. That they went out and they got bucko tattoos, and now they're posting on Facebook. Oh, that's too good. If they got bucko tattoos, that's too good. Well, now they're asking for recommendations on where to get tattoos removed. Me, personally, I don't go to Bucko games unless the Cincinnati Reds are in town because they're my team. And you, yeah, they're, not they're doing well just about you. in the same boat, aren't they? Yeah, but they're not unloading Zach Cozart, Billy Hamilton, or Joey Votto. They unloaded a lot of guys, though, brah. They unloaded a lot of guys. They did, but they didn't unload Joey Votto, who's their best player. Like, we unloaded, like the Pirates unloaded McCutcheon, though. Not yet. Just give it time. That's true. Okay, you, you stink, too. You and your team, you both stink. Goodbye. Although, it says something about the state of baseball in Pittsburgh, how the Pirates are perceived, when the Cincinnati Reds fan could call up and say, ah, you guys suck, you're falling apart. Let's go to T-Funk in Plum. T-Funk, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Uh, I, I was watching DK uh, on online last night with some of those media scrums and stuff, uh, you know, when is somebody going to ask them if they don't, you know, if they don't sign Kutch, who are they ever going to sign? Well, they're they not. I don't know if you if you heard they traded Kutch. They're not going to sign him. Right, they traded him. But I mean, but that's what I mean. If they can't sign, they're him, not they going sign to him? sign anybody ever. 
Okay, Marte and Polanco. First off, I think they're going to hit a combined like two fifteen this year because they're not going to give a crap because they know the team's going to stink. I mean, their give a crap level is pretty low on a good day, and there aren't going to be many good days coming up this season for the Pirates. I don't know if it'll be historically bad. It's going to be real bad. Yeah, you know and I know that they're not going to sign anybody. When's somebody going to call them out on it? What do you mean, call them out on it? What do you think I've been doing for how many years? They don't care. And there's no way to force them to care. Oh, let's, that idiot who called before, let's call somebody. Let's make the And the guy in the first hour, let's sue to get the public funding for the stadium back. You made the wrong deal with the wrong guy. And now Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh baseball fan is going to pay for it forever. Dilly dilly, pit of misery, dilly dilly. Let's go to Bill in Monroeville. Bill, you're on with Double M. Josh King, he put you down in the city paper continuously by last name. What's the city paper? That alternative paper that's free. Okay, let me know when I get put down in the green sheet. Thank you for the call. City paper. Like, like, I don't care who puts me down. I make so much money, and everybody knows who I am. I've won. Okay? If I died tomorrow, I did what I wanted. Pretty much. 412-333-9939. Stan Saverin next. Stan. 105.9. You. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, great show as always. When you got a young trophy wife, owes money to... I can't even quote the Big Lebowski right. Goodbye. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. From AT&T Sportsnet and ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, it's Stan Saverin. Stan, it's still shocking, but everybody knew Kutch and Cole were going to get traded. That's how the Pirates operate, right? Yeah, I, uh, I'm not at all surprised by this. Frankly, I was more surprised at Cole um, than I was at McCutcheon. I think taking a longer look, we knew he wasn't going to be here in 2019, no matter what happened, being realistic about it. So the question was, was he going to go in the off season? Were they going to wait until the trading deadline? Um, and so, again, I'm not surprised. Um, the, only, the, the biggest problem I have with it, um, and in both deals, Mark, uh, the return, you know, these other major league trades that you hear about involving higher profile uh, players, uh, you hear, well, they got the second best prospect in their system, or they got the first best and a major league ready player. But when the Pirates seem to go to make a trade with their high profile players, and I'm not overestimating their value, I understand that you know they may not be as valuable as we think they are, but all you hear is. The other teams that they're talking to, no, you can't have that guy. No, you can't have that guy. No, no, no. Nobody in the top five. Sorry. Well, if, that's, if you're not getting what you want, then why make the deal? Uh, that's the thing that bothers well, me. Well, Stan, the we both know why to cut payroll. Yeah. Um, and and I, I mean, I understand why they're making the deal, but that doesn't preclude you from getting the kind of return, or at least close to it, that you, you ought to get for these guys, because I see other teams getting that. Um, and if you get another team's high-profile prospect, you know, you're not going to have to pay them any kind of money, not for a while anyway. That's what I don't understand, and I'm not, I mean, I understand, look, 
McCutcheon's value is going down. It's never going to be 2013 again. He's 31 years of age. Uh, and I, I have to be honest, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the people that they've got in return. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But I, you'd like to see more than, you know, middle relievers whose upside might be as a setup guy. Stan, uh, you kind of already answered this, but just to, to be clear, given the minimal return for Kutch, wouldn't it have been better to have just let Kutch play out his last year in Pittsburgh? <sighs> I think the I mean, only Stan, they're picking up $2.5 million of his salary in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I think from a PR standpoint, it would have been. Uh, again, I don't know about these two guys that they've gotten. Um, I don't know. Uh, would it have been better to let him walk? From a PR standpoint, probably so. But let's be clear about something. They weren't going to be contenders this year with either McCutcheon, Cole, or both. They weren't going to contend. They might have won a few more ball games, but so what, are they going to win 77 instead of 74? Um, again, uh I, the only problem I have is, you know, Cole didn't have to be this year. Right, because they had contract control over Cole for two more years. Right. And, and Stan, like I've been saying all day, now's not the time to get mad. I mean, I get it because Kutch was a very popular player, and it's kind of a flashpoint for anger. But really, the time to get mad was after 2015, when they very visibly dismantled a 98-win team to save money. And it's only yeah. got worse since then. Yeah, there's no question about that. You know, at that point, I was willing to buy along with the, the, the you know the, the process because they'd had three very good you know years in a row, and no, they didn't you know win a playoff. They won one playoff game, didn't win a playoff series, but okay, you know, 98 wins was really an abnormal year when you look at what the other teams in the division you know did. I mean, almost every other year, 98 wins is going to win you the division, but at that point. Beginning with Jay Happ, and their rationale might have been sound. Well, they got a three-year contract. We don't want to pay him that kind of when he's 36 years old. My line was, and that, that was the tipping point for me, and my line was, I'm sure it's not original, when does now arrive? When is it now? Um, and the answer is clearly never. If they manage to sneak in a contending team every so often, that seems to be satisfactory. But I'll ask, I asked the question then. It doesn't matter now. Now we're past that. We're way past that. When does now arrive? And, yeah, they had some people who probably overperformed in 2015. But if you're going to make a run and you assume that, you know, the, the Cardinals uh, were, were going to take a step back um, and, you know, we, we didn't know that the Cubs were going to be that good that quickly, that was the time. Um, keeping Jay Happ, keeping Neil Walker, I understood he was going to be a free agent. But at that point in time, and I know they had some physical concerns with them, they were a better team with Neil Walker, even as a utility guy, than they were without him, let alone the nothing they got in return. So that, for me, was the tipping point. And then I said, okay, we know when now is, and the answer to that is never. How much will attendance at PNC Park go down, Stan? And TV ratings, too, because I sense legit widespread anger after these deals. I, not only the anger, Mark, but I sensed it last year. I think people were getting apathetic, uh, and that actually is even worse than being angry. If, if you're angry, then you're still showing some emotion. I mean, I just think people have, you know, washed their, their hands of it and, and don't care. Um, the number, um, 
I think last year they ended up with 1.8, something like that. Um, they've lost 400,000 the last two years. I would expect that to go down by another two to 300,000, uh, somebody to a million and a half, let's say. Someone mentioned to me, and I think this is something to think about, will even opening day be a sellout? You know, there's tradition there and so on and so forth, but I, I just begin to uh, wonder if the backlash will be such that even opening day now becomes jeopardy. Uh, as I told you before, um, the ratings actually, because I'm privy to them, have held fairly steady. Now, they're not what they once were, but there's baseball attracts an older audience generally, an older demographic, I should say, and those people, they like baseball, and they watch baseball, and you wouldn't think, that they would. It's fairly consistent. Not as good as it was, but fairly consistent. But I wouldn't even say the casual fan. The fan who really cared, there's going to be a certain percentage to say, why should I care? Why sign Rivera long-term, which hasn't been confirmed yet, but, but has been reported? What's the point? Why does a crap team even need a closer? Uh, well, I mean, you, know, you, you still have to play the games. Um, you know, if that's the case, then forfeit all of them. Well, no, uh, Stan, but, but it strikes me as very calculated, the timing, because uh, they they say they're signing him through two years of free agency, but not really. They're club options, which they won't exercise because they're not going to pay the kid real money. All they did was tie him up through years they had him tied up for anyway. Yeah, and, you know, avoid arbitration. That's, you know, that's what they've done. They, they've avoided the arbitration year, so they have a fixed cost. I think that is their thought it is a fixed cost they don't have to worry about what that's going to be um uh, i'm not so sure I, that i don't agree with you that this was sort of a a give back um uh okay well you know yeah cole and yeah mccutcheon but look we just signed uh rivero um the, the funny thing about that was during the arbitration process my goodness they're only five hundred thousand dollars apart i mean that certainly could have been breached uh... you know fairly easily that's not exactly a wide differential um, i think that there probably was some pr uh, i think if you're going to play you need a closer and let's put it this way if you tie him up then now you have access and makes it easier to trade him we're talking to stan savern here on the mark madden show stan brought to you by uh... senderovich and fishman uh, the three wise men, the legal firm. Stan, um, I want to talk Steelers before we're done. Where was that game lost Sunday? Because at 21 nothing, it's over. How often do teams come back from that? So, so clearly the end came early for the Steelers against Jacksonville. It's pretty difficult um, to come back when you're down 21, not once but twice. Remember, it was 28-7. And yet there were a couple plays from coming back and doing exactly that. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think the game was lost then, but I think what happened here, you know, I know all the locker room talk and the yapping, and, you know, that's a separate topic. Uh, but I think that Jacksonville came in, like most big underdogs, confident but not quite sure that they could do it. When you take the opening kickoff and march whatever it was, 66 yards, for a touchdown and do it largely with a quarterback that everybody doubted, obviously your confidence is buoyed tremendously. Hey, you know the old adage about don't let an underdog think they can win because eventually they begin to believe it. 
The pick by Ben, which was a terrible throw, and, and there was no thought behind it because even the pass to McDonald was five yards short of the first uh, down marker. What's the point? Then they get that. The Steeler defense in one play, one play, gives up a touchdown run to Fournette. Now you've got a big, big problem because now if Jacksonville had any doubt about their opportunity and potential of winning, that was all erased. Now, as I said before, you let an underdog believe. I'm sure they believed to a degree, but they couldn't have done so with much confidence. But now all of a sudden, as they say, you got a tiger by the tail now. No pun intended. Which of the coaching decisions did you have the biggest problem with? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's obvious that the defense um, was an issue, uh, but I-, I can't be sure if it was scheme. I know this much. I know this much, that football, Chuck Knowles said this to me once and said it to a lot of people, that football at its its essence is, with all the schemes and the strategies and the X's and O's and all that stuff, the essence of football is, i got to knock you on your behind before you knock me on mine. Basically, that is the essence of football. The defense, the front three especially, the front seven, which is a product of the front three, they got punished. They got beaten badly physically. You don't run like that against a team unless you are being blown off the ball. The team that had 56 sacks got none. The stunning stat to me, Mark, in that entire game was the Steelers only had one play for negative yardage, and that was on a Bortles fumbled snap. They didn't tackle a runner for one-yard loss. They didn't tackle a receiver for a two-yard loss. They didn't get a sack on Bortles. That tells me that you're nowhere near the line of scrimmage. So I'm looking at the bad defense as physical issues, not schemes. As far as the calls, both fourth and one calls are absurd. The onside kick call, as I explained on the post-game show on the network, I went through a chapter and verse why that's a it was a horrible decision. It was a bad idea. I'm not saying that they would have won the game um, had they done it differently. Because let's remember, they lost by three, but the last touchdown the Steelers got was garbage time, one second left to go on the clock. But those three decisions in particular were galling. The two fourth and one calls, they could have made a difference in that game. Did Ben play well, Stan, or did Ben dig the hole too deep early? Well, I mean, he's complicit in that. Um, as I say, when you're building confidence, and w- when you compound that with what happened in the regular season game, you know, there had to be a sense of, from Jacksonville's standpoint, yeah, we can do this all day. And from the Steelers' standpoint, it's only from the people in the stadium, here we go again. You know, that, that lent that. I mean, I think, by and large, Ben played better than just well. I mean, I think he played very well, but... You can't take away those two plays. And not only just the 14 points that they led to, but the timing of the thing. Like I said, you know, that, that first pick, um, you know, you got an opportunity, uh, you know, to you know, come back a little bit. Uh, and then, you, you know, it's just, it just like pouring gas, uh, uh, gasoline on a burning fire because of what had happened before. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I think he played well. Um, you know, the, the touchdown passes he threw, uh, the last one, 
again, that was garbage time. But there were some awfully good throws there. So, um, But, you know, like anybody else who played, everybody had a part in that defeat. Finally, Stan, what changes would you make in the offseason, and what changes do you expect to be made? I think there'll be some changes on the defensive staff. Uh, I think the one thing that people have to look at, when you're talking about position coaches, I mean, I, I don't think that they'll get rid of Keith Butler, although um, I think he'll get another year because this defense, you know, is young. And the loss of Shazier, I'm not saying things would have been different, but what it did was, and you know this from hockey, if you ask a third-line center to play second line, you may not be able to do it. If you're asking a complimentary player like Vince Williams, who is barely good enough to play in the league, let alone be your number one inside linebacker, the dominant, you're, you're putting him in a position he can't possibly function in. So I think they'll look at that. Um, you know, you still have Hayden, you still have Burns, he's got to improve. Um, you know, you, you need a new safety, get him out of here for any number of reasons. Um, but when you look at position coaches, yeah, you look at the positions they coach, and are those guys getting better? But the other function, I don't think people understand this, the fans don't understand this, that more than just coaching those individuals, they are supposed to contribute to the game plan. They watch tape, too. They're sitting in their rooms, and they're watching tape of the Jacksonville offense, any offense, for, and when they get together and formulate a game plan, they are expected to have input. Hey, we should do this on you know, these plays, or there's a weakness I spotted on you know, the other team's uh, running game, or whatever it happens to be. If those guys don't have any idea or don't contribute anything to the game plan, that is part of their job description as well. That we don't know about because we're not there in the meetings. Um, uh, we haven't seen improving the outside line. I mean, T.J. Watt's going to be a good player. Um, I don't know that Bud Dupree has sunk to Jarvis Jones' level, but he's largely invisible when you stop and think about that. Um, the secondary, I, I think I have to question, why are there always so many miscommunications? Uh, yeah, Hayden was out for a while, but by and large, it's the same group. I think there's hope for that group because of Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. I think they've got some people who can play there. You know, William Gay will go. He won't be back. Um, but I, I wonder why there's always these miscommunications. What are they doing all week long that when they get in the game, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing? So I think you will see some changes. You know, the big one we're talking about is Todd Haley. Uh, look, I disagree with some of the play calls he makes. Uh, I think that's true of any offensive coordinator. Just, you know, read what goes around to the rest of the league. There's never been a popular offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, going back to Tom Moore and, yes, even Bruce Arians. I remember a day, and so do you. People were, you know, bitching about him, too. Um, he was brought here to keep Ben healthy. The offense is more, is more productive now than it ever was under Bruce Arians. And I would say this, if, for example, they continue that same style, Ben wouldn't be back next year. Um, he, he, his career would be over. He was getting hit so often. But I would also say this. If this ongoing soap opera is going to continue, then one of them has to go. Again, I think Haley's done a good job. No, I didn't like the fourth and one calls, but the soap opera can't continue. Um, I know Ben stood up for him today. Um, uh, you know, I wonder about that. If it's one of those things when a defensive back has contact with a receiver and puts his hands up in the air, I didn't hit him, 
Uh, you know, I, I wonder if that's part of it. But I know that Ben hasn't passed up on many opportunities to throw Haley under the bus. Um, uh, I, I, look, there are people that I work with, not you, of course. Stan, that, we could talk all day, but we can't. <laughs> Greg, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm no, no, don't worry on. about it. It's great insight as always, but we're up against the break. We'll see you Thursday on your show. All right, I apologize. Sorry no, about that. No apology necessary, Stan. That's Stan Saverin. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Doing really well. Everything I hear from him is just some of the most insightful stuff. And did you take off your pants? The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, um, what's your take on the cut sale? And how mad do you sense Pittsburgh is, given that they got very little return, and given that they're going to pay $2.5 million of his salary while he plays in San Francisco this season. Well, you and Stan covered it pretty well. There's no surprise to that. Everybody knew he was going. But uh, the one point you did make is that you should have been mad in 15. You should have been mad after the season when they won 98 games, and they did absolutely nothing. They had the door wide open. They had the opportunity. They had the talent. They had the momentum. Whatever you want to say, that was the time that the Pirates had to strike they didn't. They pulled everything back. They went into business mode. They went into cash-it-out mode. Uh, and now, I don't think, you, you know what, Stan talked about people being you know, apathetic. That's where they are right now. That was the time for anger. The outrage was leading up. You know, the result of last season, people, are, I think, are more apathetic now, Mark. They just don't care because it's been done too many times. Jay Hay wants out. Do you blame him? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, I, I was looking to have a bunch and, of... And to be clear, they want him out. They don't want to pay him 10 mil. Sure. And, and I bet they have to pick up part of his salary to get him somewhere else, too. Sure. And you know what? His agent has a master stroke with putting that, not, that letter out there to the athletic that Ken Rosenthal had out. Um, hey, why not get those wheels turning already? You don't want to be there. Pirates don't want you to be there with that much money. I was just surprised that a bunch of other names weren't at the bottom of that letter also. Just Jay Hayes. How do you think Marte and Polanco are going to react to these guys leaving? Because now clearly it's going to be a terrible team, a team that wins, to my mind. If they could somehow win 75 games, Bob, I think that would be a miracle. Oh, I, I think that is the highest mark they could hope for, 75 wins. I think they're more likely to win 70 and maybe less. I would put 75 at the high part also. Um, Marte and, and Polanco aren't exactly hard work guys with a lot of focus on a good day. How are they going to react to this? And do you expect a downturn in their performance this coming season, keeping in mind they were both crap this past year? Well, yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to be better base runners than they were over the last couple of seasons. They're going to pay attention in the outfield more than they did in the last couple of seasons. Um, no, look, they're professionals. They're going to give it the old try, I guess, but there's no... Are they? Are you sure about that? I think they will, just because, you know, there's money behind it, and they've got a future ahead of last them. Last year, Marte, uh, is, well, he was suspended half the year. His OBP was 333. Polanco's was uh, 305. Uh, batting average for Marte, 275. Polanco, 251. Uh, neither impressed with his power. Uh, that's just not acceptable, and I would bet it gets worse. Yeah, it's going to get worse because you had a better crew around them to help them last year. And, you know, take away all the suspension stuff and everything. You know, they were both crap last year. But 
I, I don't see them being any better. I see them just being average Joes, just like the rest of the team. Uh, the Pirates are going to be in. A, uh, they're going to have a tough one next year. Attendance has dropped six hundred thousand since twenty fifteen. How much do you expect it to drop this coming season? I agree with you and Stan between two and three hundred minimum, and I would put the number if I was to guess more around three hundred again. Because of the apathy. Because people are beyond outrage. They're beyond anger now. They knew it was coming. And the way it's all gone down, it's been building for so long. Uh, they're just going to stay away now. So You know, you talked about this with a caller in the 3 o'clock hour. Some people are going to go for a nice night out at the ballpark. But the diehard fans, the people that open the paper or get online and check out stats and follow the storylines day in, day out, they live for baseball. There is a large number of them out there right now. Who well, have well just Bob, said, let me let me read no these more. numbers to you. I agree with you. Back when they lost 105 games in 2010, they drew 1.6 million. Right? Then the next year, when people started to buy into the con that they were, you know, up and coming, and they won 72 games, and well, they all up to 1.9. The next year they won 79 games, 2.1 mil. Mm -hmm. I think that those people who jumped on board after they won 57 games, I think they're all gone. I think attendance drops by at least 300K this year from 1.9 mil back down to that 2010 level of 1.6 mil and maybe lower. Maybe lower. I agree with you. I think that the majority of those people, Mark, they're gone. And if they hadn't been gone already, they are cleared out now over the last couple of days. Um, and boy, what PR stroke could the Pirates do right now between now and the beginning of the season where people could pick their heads up and go, well, okay, there's a step in the right direction. There's nothing. There is well, nothing. Well, don't you think that the Rivera long-term deal, which has not yet been finalized, and which is so deceptive because it only truly anchors into Pittsburgh through his arbitration years, which he would have been anchored here during anyway. But that, don't you think that's a feel-good move? It's it's a desperate and pathetic feel-good move that really won't make people feel all that good, Bob. But don't you think that's what it is? Partly that. Partly that. And it might just be shoring up you know, their next move, putting a number on him so that the a trade partner knows exactly what they're getting. Because you can't count that out. After all of this that's gone on, you cannot count that out at all. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. I'm Mark Madden. In 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about something Mike Tomlin said to the media today that was really, 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 really dumb. But first, you can win 1000 bucks. Listen right now. You're going to hear a keyword. Text it to the number given, and you can win a $1,000 bribe. It really is that easy. Just listen, text, and win. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.